From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Yeah, I've been the same ever since you started working. Frank, if you weren't always so broke, I wouldn't have to work. Do you have somebody who's sponging off of you in life, who's taking advantage of you, whether it's a sibling, or I've even heard cases in therapy where it's the parents who are sponging off the very industrious, ambitious kids, you know, the grown kids, obviously, you know, do you have someone that's taking advantage of you? Well, listen closely to the words of a young woman who escaped such a situation. She's talking and she's saying, well, I guess I ought to tell you the truth, Mr. Taggart. My old man's never been any good and Ma didn't care whether he was or not. And I got sick of it, always turning out that I was the only one of seven, the seven of us that kept a job and the rest of them always being out of luck one way or another. I thought, if I didn't get out of here, it would get me. I'd rot all the way through like the rest of them. So I bought a railroad ticket one day and I left. I didn't say goodbye. They didn't even know I was going. Her companion asks, what is it that you wanted to do? Oh, I don't know, but people do things in the world. I saw pictures of New York and I thought, somebody built those buildings. He didn't just sit around and whine that the kitchen was filthy and the roof leaking and the plumbing clogged and it's a damn world. And we were stinking poor and not giving a damn about it. That's what I couldn't take, that they really didn't give a damn, not enough to lift a finger, not enough to empty the garbage pail. And the woman next door saying it was my duty to help them, saying it made no difference what became of me or her or any of us, because what could one do anyway? Now, this is from my favorite book, Atlas Shrugged. You can always get that on my website, drkenner.com. And this is by Ayn Rand. And Ayn Rand has the philosophy for living on earth. It's called objectivism. And these are in her words. She said, the purpose of morality, think of what you've been taught throughout your life. The purpose of morality is to teach you not to suffer and die but to enjoy yourself and live like this woman Cheryl Taggart wanted to do. She wanted to embrace her life. She wanted to make it interesting and not just whine all day. Now in therapy, that's exactly what I work with my clients to accomplish. I let them tell me what careers they love or have ever dreamed of having that are still possible. What hobbies are they passionate about? What true friends do they have? And what luggage or baggage are they carrying around? Whether it's bad friends, friends who are just not true friends, but backstabbers or people who are pulling them down. I help them find a soulmate. Not that I do the searching, but I help teach them how to be active in the pursuit of a soulmate and not just sit home on the couch and wonder why you never get asked out. Now, many of them, when I ask them the question, what do you love in life, will tell me, I've never thought about it. Or I've always been doing for everyone else for so long that I never pause to think about myself. And other people just take me for granted. I'm always doing for others and I just feel like a doormat in life. 
Now, they want their happiness. They want not to go through life putting on that fake smile, pretending that they're happy, and genuinely feeling tortured inside. They don't want sacrifice. They want to live their lives. But how do they go about doing it? How do you go about feeling like it's okay, not only okay, but moral to enjoy your own life? If you think back in your own life, have you ever been told you're selfish? Somehow, self-valuing, being self-assertive, having self-esteem, having a self, selfishness, having that, not, not someone that runs roughshod over people, but valuing, truly loving your life. Somehow, these are made to seem bad. And that sacrificing for other people, whether it's Cheryl's lazy, slothful, mooching family members, or sacrificing for God, somehow these are enshrined as good. Ask yourself, who benefits and who loses? Now, what moral code would promote that? What moral code would promote that the purpose of morality is to teach you not to enjoy yourself and live, but to suffer and die? What moral code comes to mind? And what moral code enshrines this suffering and makes it tantamount to being a good person? The more you suffer, the better you are. And a passion for your life, a sensual afternoon with your partner, or the joy of teaching your children how to read or how to ride a bike or how to pursue a hobby that they love, maybe in sports or playing the piano, or the excitement of starting your own business, the pleasure of talking with a best friend, your love of golf or tennis or playing the cello or guitar, your love of gardening or going back to school to learn French or Italian so that you can take that dreamed of vacation to Paris and Venice. This is rationally enjoying your life. And that's what my show is all about. It's the rational basis of happiness and the other moral code enshrined suffering. And of course, we've seen that in Terry Schiavo's case, the woman that basically was in a persistent vegetative state from all reports, was not able to think, to have memories, to value, to act in a state of living death. Now, why do people want to leave her in that state? Why are misery and suffering enshrined? She's dead. <laughs> I know she's dead now, but they did keep her in that state for a very long time. Why would they want to do that? And the family members that have to go through those tortured years. In an article, A Cult of Living Death, this is from the Ayn Rand Institute, Alex Epstein writes, in a world in which such a code of suffering persisted, individuals with incurable and unbearable diseases would not be able to die with dignity at a time of their own choosing, but would be subjected to a protracted existence of often an unspeakable agony. And he continues to say that their loved ones would have to endure torturous months or years of seeing which what was once a vibrant, vibrant human being persist as a mass of pain or a vegetable, incapable of emotion, memory, or thought. And to uphold these, uh, this position in the name of sanctity of life is a colossal fraud. And I agree. We all face that choice. The culture is percolating, percolating with 
people trying to make you feel guilty for your passion for life, like Cheryl's passion for life. And my show is just the opposite. It's the rational basis of happiness. You matter. Your happiness matters. You never take advantage of anyone else, but you never let them take advantage of you either. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. I'm a clinical psychologist, and my show is the rational basis of happiness. You can call me now with any questions that you would ask a counselor or a therapist, any personal problems in your life that are really pulling you down, any suffering that you feel is unwarranted, any burdens from uh, that if, duties that you feel are unchosen obligations, things you don't want to do but don't know how to say no to people. If you're all alone, pick up the phone and call. My number is toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER, and my website is drkenner.com. When we get back, I will talk about a woman who discovers that her mother had an affair with her dad's cousin, and she may be the product of that affair. She's now 29 years old. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Here are some financial issues couples planning on marriage need to discuss ahead of time rather than ending up with painful or bitter conflicts later on. What are your financial assets, liabilities, and debt situation? What are your career aspirations? Do both parties plan to work? What if you have children? What would you like to do with the money you earn? Is a prenuptial agreement needed to protect both of your interests? How would financial responsibilities be divided between you? And if one spouse makes more money than the other, how will spending decisions be managed? You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.